0: Welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Some of you uh, are aware that the uh, Wilderness Center is just a short drive from here. Our family recently took a trip down there. And I noticed in the parking lot, there was a car that had a large number of bumper stickers on the back. Uh, And I always enjoy reading those to see uh, what people are thinking. And uh, you could tell this person was uh, in particular committed to nature. There were a lot of um, stickers on the back that had to do with uh, all kinds of Uh, science, nature type things, and uh, one of them stood out to me, though, the most, and it said this, it said, tree-hugging dirt worshiper, and so I did what uh, any pastor would do, and I took a picture of it while my wife was trying to hurry me along, afraid that the owner of the car would see me, and uh, what was ironic to me uh, about that sticker was that I don't think the owner even realized how accurate that statement really was. Uh, this person correctly identified the core issue, and I don't think that they really even knew it was the core issue, and that issue is is simply worship. Uh, If I'm not going to worship God, I'm going to worship something else. We were designed for worship, and we can't live in a vacuum. And so, uh, we cannot say, uh, for example, you know, oh, I'm, uh, I'm not religious and I don't worship anything. Even the non-religious are, in fact, religious. They do engage in worship. Uh, Jesus makes that clear, at least in one area, the area of money, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, where he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so what I'd like to do with our conversation today is uh, talk a little bit about money and the idea that it centers around worship. Uh, I see, uh, and and you could probably uh, identify other uh, issues, but I see kind of two um, extremes in our culture today. On one side, you have a group of people who kind of view themselves as uh, victims of society and believe they're entitled to other people's money. Uh, As a part of the ministry of our church, we seek to help meet people's physical needs uh, when we're able to. Um, In fact, there's a process that we have. You could submit a request for financial help, and we do weigh each of those situations individually. And we have uh, helped people and continue to do that. Um, But more important than just dispensing money is helping to teach people to be responsible providers for their families. And I've had conversations with people before who are completely able to work a regular job, but they stay home all day, uh, sometimes even playing video games. And when I encourage them to get a job, they say something like this, I can't get a job because if I did, I would lose my social security check. There is a word for that, and that word is called theft. Uh, now, hang on a second here. I'm not talking about people who really do need help, and I'm not talking about how we should go about helping those people who do need help. We, we do need to help them, okay? Uh, and that conversation needs to take place, Um What is it that we do as a church? What is it that we do as a society? What is it that we do as individuals to help people who are in need? I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking specifically about the person who can work, but they don't. uh, Because if they don't, uh, they'll lose that that government check. They're fully able to physically uh, work and provide. Uh, That person is stealing from others. Now, there is another extreme that I see. Uh, And that is a group of individuals who are success-oriented. These are the people who wake up at 4 a.m., they push themselves and drive themselves and work and work and work and work. Now, I do want to be a little bit cautious here uh, because I'm not saying that drive is wrong uh, inherently. Uh, What I want to be critical of in that scenario specifically is what the Bible calls selfish ambition. Um, And I want to be clear that I'm making a distinction here. Uh, you can be and should be a hard worker without selfish ambition. But what I'm afraid of is that there are many today who drive themselves, sometimes to the detriment of their church and family, all fueled by selfish ambition. The desire to succeed, the desire to be somebody in this world is what drives uh, those kinds of people. Now, both of these extremes... Uh, are unbiblical, they are wrong, but they both have something in common, and that is that both of them are seeking to have their desires fulfilled. On the one side, you have people who care for their immediate desires of comfort and ease, and on the other side, you have people who are willing to delay their gratification in the hope that they will have more of their desires filled at a later point. Both of them love money. One wants it given to them, and the other is going to go get it uh, themselves. Um, And really, it's an interesting thing, actually. A lot of times, um, you can observe, um, when you just watch people, and obviously we don't know hearts, but... Um, kind of externally just observing people you can often uh, discern what people value by what they do and and pursue and uh, and and I see this you know often instant gratification or or delayed gratification and delayed gratification by the way is not always a good thing Uh, it depends on what that gratification the object of that gratification is um and so if it's, if it's money, and, the, and specifically the love of money, is I'll make a, a point here in a moment, that's what is, is, um, is unbiblical. Um, the problem with both of these groups is they both have a lack of trust in God. The biblical approach would be, you know, the person who works hard, who sacrifices, who is dedicated, but is also crediting God with their financial resources and trusting in God. Why is it that the biblical testimony on the subject of money seems to be, at least at first glance, so divided? On one hand, we have texts which uh, invoke us to celebrate the kindness of God and giving us riches to enjoy, and on the other hand, we have texts which warn us against the danger of rich of riches. So, uh, so, which one is it? And the reason uh, I think that we see these texts um, Going in these, uh, these directions, uh, which by the way are not contradictory directions, um, is, uh, is because money in itself is not evil. Uh, for instance, we note in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Or Proverbs 10 verse 22, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Uh, We also note God gives Job back his riches. In other words, they weren't wrong to have, and God uh, blessed him with riches. In Job 42, the Lord restored the the fortunes of Job, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Money itself is not immoral, and yet on the other side, we do have warning passages like Psalm 62.10, where it says, "'If riches increase, set not your heart on them.'" Or Proverbs 11.4, riches do not profit in the day of wrath. Or Proverbs 11.28, whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. What's interesting uh, to note about these passages is that many passages on money use the language of, of worship which is what we would expect according to Matthew chapter 6. Um, and, and those are the verses that we just looked at. I mean, Psalm, Psalm 62, set not your heart on them. It's this idea of worship or or delighting in them. Proverbs 11 talks of trusting, uh, language that we use when we talk about the worship of God. Uh, we also note in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, uh Where we read, uh, he who loves money, this idea of loving it, or worshiping it, or desiring it. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with its income. And so it's not the money itself, but it is the worship of the trust in, the delighting in, and the serving of money that's wrong. Because it props up an idol in God's place. Uh, And, of course, we know Jeremiah 2. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. How do you master your finances? Well... Instead of serving money, you serve God. Instead of setting your heart on riches, you set your heart on God. Instead of trusting riches, trust in God. Instead of loving money, love God. In other words, the way to master your riches is by fixing your worship. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What's the admonition here? It's to be content with what we have. It's to come to the realization that Christ is enough. You see how in Hebrews 13, he gives to us a theological response to the problem of riches and the love of riches. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content for. Why should I be content? Because God will never leave us or forsake us. It's a theological reality of the omnipresence of God that gives me the ability to... uh, to be free from this love of money, to rest in sufficiency and trust in God. If you're lazy and you expect other people to pay for your daily needs, then I exhort you to listen to the admonition of Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. And if you're driven by worldly success and wealth... Then I exhort you to listen to the admonition of Deuteronomy 8, verses 17 through 18. Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. It's Him. It's not, I worked really hard and it was just, you know, 2% luck and 98% hard work. It was 100% God and we are to remember that whether we're rich or poor it all comes from the lord and all of us need to remember psalm 24 the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof the world and those who dwell therein everything belongs to god all of our money and all of our material resources ultimately ultimately belong to god we are simply stewards i don't care if you're rich Poor, full of ambition, full of laziness, money can be an idol for every single one of us. Matthew 16, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Can you enjoy the things that money can buy in a God-glorifying way? Yes. Can you be deceived into worshiping money instead of God? Absolutely. And for us as Christians, it's crucial to understand the difference. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.